Our Father, we're so thankful for the things that you've taught us this week. We're so thankful for your kindness to us in the Lord Jesus, your kindness to us in revealing all that you've done for us in him. Father, thank you for the things you've taught us. Please teach us again now. Please send us away from here, desiring to know you more, to walk in your ways and to love you all our days. Please help us now to understand this passage in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mid-year conference can be a real mix of emotions, can't it? There are great highs as we have fun learning together, laughing together, singing together. It can be such a rich experience, (coughs) learning and growing with each other. But NYC can also be very hard, can't it? It can be confronting, it can be challenging, because we dig so deeply into God's Word, which sometimes confronts us with hard truths. Hard truths about God, hard truths about our world, hard truths about ourselves. I've been challenged this year by my own inadequacy for the task to teach the doctrine of God in four simple talks. This has proven to be my hardest mid-year conference. You might have found the topic hard too. You might have found some of the seminar material hard. You might have found some of the things spoken in talks hard. You might be feeling as though your head is swimming (coughs) with lots of truths that you haven't yet been able to understand. (coughs) If you are feeling disheartened, I want to encourage you as we go away this morning. First, let me encourage you if you are struggling with things that you've learned about yourself. As we've spoken about the judgment and the holiness of God this week, Perhaps you've felt the pain of your own sin, the pain of your own moral failure. Maybe you're feeling guilty about your sin. Maybe you're feeling guilty about sin in your past. Maybe you're feeling guilty about sin that is still presently a struggle in your life. You're not alone. We all struggle with sin. We all fall short of God's holy standard. So we all need to keep repenting. We need to keep being forgiven, and thanks be to God, we can all rejoice in the forgiveness that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. (coughs) This passage from Colossians is a very helpful reminder that it is God who delivers us from the domain of darkness. Have a look at verses 11 and 12 again. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred (coughs) us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Did you notice that it is your loving Heavenly Father, your God, who qualifies you to share in the inheritance of the saints. You are not qualified by your ability to obey God. You are not qualified by a spotless life. You're not even qualified by your ability to repent and put sin to death in your life. 
you are qualified by the Father through the redemption achieved in His Son. And that means also that you are not disqualified by your sin or your moral failure, past, present or future. Our redemption is Jesus' work, not, not, on, not on our own efforts. It is only because Jesus has paid the price for our sin at the cross that we stand redeemed and forgiven. <laughs> Verse 11 reminds us that it is in Him, the beloved Son, that we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I also want to encourage you, if you are feeling like some of the things we've learnt this week are just too big to grapple with, just swimming in your head, too big for you to, to grab hold of. After a big week of thinking on a doctrine as big as the doctrine of God, it is perfectly understandable if you are feeling <laughs> overwhelmed. And in many ways, we want you to go away with more questions than you started with. We want you to keep thinking, keep learning, keep growing. Following Jesus is a lifelong process of growing in the knowledge of God, isn't it? Ask God to keep working in you like he worked in those Colossian Christians all those years ago. Look at the work of God that Paul speaks about in the life of the Colossians, verses 3 to 6. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. We meet God in the gospel. And from the moment of meeting, the gospel begins to bear its good fruit in our lives and in the lives of others all over the world. And look what Paul prays for these Colossians who met God in the gospel. Have a look at verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. From the day that Paul heard that the Colossians had understood the grace of God in truth, he was praying that God would graciously fill them with the knowledge of his will. Paul prayed that the Colossians would understand God's will for their lives and for the whole world. Do you ever wonder about God's will for your life? Would you like God to fill you with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding? How do you think God would do that? God's will for your life and indeed God's will for His whole world, it's not a hidden mystery that you need some kind of special prophetic revelation for. God has revealed His will for your life and for His world in His Scriptures. We've been speaking about God's will for our lives and for His world all week, haven't we? If you want to know God's will for your life, if you want to be filled with God's will, the knowledge of God's will, 
Make sure you continue to dig into the Scriptures to understand God's plans and purposes for the whole world because God's will for your life is completely in line with His will for the whole world. And Christ Jesus is at the centre of that will. Notice carefully though, why did the Apostle Paul pray that God would fill the Colossian Christians with the knowledge of His will? Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing in Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Getting to know God's will is never an end in itself. We want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will so our lives will be shaped by God's will, don't we? So that we'll walk in accordance with God's will, in a manner worthy of the God who wills it, and bearing fruit in our lives, worthy of the God whose will we want to live out. And you notice the end of verse 10, it takes us right back to where we started. As Christians are filled with the knowledge of God's will and walk according to that will, bearing fruit in every good work, what do we do? We keep growing even more in our knowledge of God. The Christian life is a life of ongoing growth. From day one when we meet God and His gospel to the day God takes us home to be with our King, the Christian life is about growing to know God better. Listen to the beautiful way that Paul speaks about the trajectory of the Christian life, the trajectory of knowing God. Up on the screen in 1 Corinthians 13, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. We meet God in His gospel as God graciously introduces Himself to us. We grow in our knowledge of Him daily as He teaches us through His Word, by the power of His Spirit. And when God takes us home, we will know Him perfectly, like He knows us. I want to finish by just thinking a little bit about that last distinction, the last little bit of that verse. I shall know fully, even I have even as I have been fully known. It's the distinction between knowing God and being known by God, isn't it? Very interesting distinction. All week we've seen how important it is to know God. The knowledge of God is very important for the Christian life and, and we have seen that the Christian life is about growing in our knowledge of God and His will. But please remember, having knowledge and growing in knowledge of God is great but the greater privilege is being known by God. And that is a liberating truth. What matters for my salvation is not how much I know about God. What matters for my salvation is being known by God. The Apostle, point makes, the Apostle Paul makes this point in Galatians 4. Paul is speaking to the Galatians about their salvation from 
the empty idolatry of their past, the, the gods who could do no knowing. And look at how Paul turns around his description of the Galatians' relationship to God. It's up on the screen. <coughs> Galatians 4, 8 to 9. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? It's a beautiful restatement of the relationship, isn't it? Having knowledge about God is great, but the greater privilege is being known by God. That is a profound comfort to a number of my friends who have mentally disabled children. These children will never be able to read the Bible for themselves. They will never be able to understand the gospel. Does that mean God can't save them? If their salvation depended upon them choosing God or on them understanding the gospel, they could not be saved. But because salvation is God's work, because salvation is God's choice, God's calling, God's knowing, even my friend's profoundly disabled children can be chosen by God, saved by God, and known by our loving God. Having knowledge about God is great, and I want you to keep growing in your knowledge of God. But remember, it is an incredible privilege, a bigger privilege, to be known by God. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you know your people. What an incredible privilege to be known by the creator of the universe. We thank you for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, where we find purification for our sins so that we can enter into a relationship with you. Father, thank you so much for revealing yourself to us, for introducing yourself to us in your word and by your spirit. Thank you for everything you've taught us this week about yourself and about us and our world. We pray that you will continue to fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray that you will do this so that we might walk in a manner worthy of you, so that we might please you and bear fruit in every good work. Please mould us and shape us so that understanding your will, <coughs> we might live to please you. And our Father, please continue to teach us. Please, con teach, please continue to teach us more about your will for our lives and your plans and purposes for our world. Please increase our knowledge of you so that we might live by your purposes, your will, and live for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please make sure you subscribe on iTunes to automatically download our most recent podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Campus Bible Study, you can visit our website, campusbiblestudy.org.